You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, most of you know this, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, playing all along the offensive line. But you know what? They gave me all these helmets and game balls that you can check out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or all the different platforms where you can check us out on video now as well on the DraftKings Network, which is awesome. This is the show that's so nice, we do it twice, every week during the NFL season, Two episodes, one drops Wednesday, one drops very early Thursday morning, where we, and by we, I primarily mean he, the great Joe Dolan, tells you what you need to know for each game from a fantasy perspective. It doesn't mean we necessarily talk about every player, but he will tell you what you need to know, what's significant, what's new, what's noteworthy. Check me out on social, please, at Ross Tucker NFL. Check us out. So you can see the highlight clips of all of our different programs at Ross Tucker Pod. And then check him out. He's a stud. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan, the original fantasy gangsta. You can also check out all of his work and really a host of others. Best website for my money when it comes to NFL football information. It's fantasypoints.com. Just make sure you use the code 23FEAST. To get the discount, 23feast at fantasypoints.com. Joe, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, including injuries. Let's start with the Thursday night game. It's the Niners and the Giants. And Saquon Barkley, laughably, Brian Dayball, is acting like there's a chance he might play. It's so stupid. Like, you want to save the maybes? For other weeks where it's maybe believable, right? To act like Saquon might play tomorrow night is laughable. He's not playing, Joe. I'd be shocked if he played. So we need to know what that means for everybody else. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not anticipating Saquon plays in this game. Um, I also uh, am questioning on the other side whether Brandon Ayuk is going to play in this game. Uh, he's got a shoulder injury. Obviously, he gutted through the pain um, in last week's game for the 49ers, but the, sh- the quick turnaround might be problematic for him. The, the, the thing about the Giants is, look, Matt Breida is technically the backup. Destiny is all. But I wonder if, if Saquon doesn't play, and I'm not anticipating he will, they get somebody who's a little bit bigger to handle the early down work. They could go with Gary Brightwell, the third-year player out of Arizona. They could also go with Eric Gray, the rookie running back out of Oklahoma, and then really just kind of have Breida play on third downs. 
And, you know, if you're looking at this from a fantasy football perspective, the question is, does it even matter, Ross? Because the Giants are going up against the 49ers defense. This is why that, I, I mean, look, if you come, come if you come back from 20-plus points down any week, I don't care who it's against, that's good for your team. But this is why it was so critical for the Giants to do it. Because if they lost to the Cardinals last week, they are staring 0-3 dead-ass square in the face. Because the 49ers are going to beat them on Thursday night, barring a, a, a miracle, because the Giants have a banged-up offensive line. The left side of their the right side of their offensive line isn't good. The left side of their offensive line is banged up. Andrew Thomas obviously was hurt last week. Ben Breedison, the left guard, is in the concussion protocol, so they are going to have a really difficult time. So I'm not even sure that. Breida, Brightwell, any of these guys are going to be usable against this defense. And if you're looking for positives for the Giants, the second half against the Cardinals is certainly that. Daniel Jones resembled the fantasy quarterback that we had last year. Um, but this week, probably not going to be the week you want to use to judge the Giants for the rest of the season. What about the Niners? So the Niners, using our fantasy points data, have our number four rush grade of the week, um, which is basically um, a way to measure the advantage that the offensive line has over the defensive line. And that's not surprising, considering Christian McCaffrey, Ross, has 88 rushing yards more than the next closest running back, that being Bijan Robinson. Um uh, and the Giants have given up 51 fantasy points on non-scramble runs. That's third most in the NFL. They allowed huge games to Tony Pollard and James Conner. I do want people, not that you're benching Christian McCaffrey, but do note this. Elijah Mitchell did not play a snap last week. This is what Kyle Shanahan said. Quote, we definitely got to get Elijah in there more and do better with our rotation going forward. That definitely wasn't the plan going in and just ended up that way. I got to make sure that doesn't happen. So Christian McCaffrey was back to his Christian McCaffrey ways. Every snap, every red zone snap, every target, every route, blah, blah, blah. It does seem like they want to get Elijah Mitchell a little more work. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the case in this game. Maybe if you're playing the showdown slate on DraftKings. You know, this is a tough one this week in terms of my stud and my value pick for DraftKings. I think for my stud, I think I'm going to go with George Kittle. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I feel like, especially if Ayuk doesn't play, I think they want to limit the touches for McCaffrey a little bit. There's probably some concern that they're wearing him down. Maybe that is Elijah Mitchell. I think they're going to find a way to get the ball to Kittle. And for my value play... I'll still go. I'll still go, Brita. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the chance that they're gonna give Brita a heavy workload without Saquon, and I might be wrong. And if I am, then it'll be a terrible value pick. But that's what I'm gonna go with: Kittle and Brita for Thursday night football. Joe, what about the Colts at the Ravens on Sunday at one? Well, we obviously have one big question, Ross: Is Anthony Richardson going to play in this game? I mean, and if Anthony Richardson doesn't play in this game, the Colts are going to play their offense completely differently um, than if he did. Uh, Anthony Richardson had two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter, and then good for the, good for him, by the way, self-reporting the concussion symptoms. That was, I think that shows a level of maturity that the Colts are probably glad they have in their young franchise quarterback. Yes, um, you, you want to have him out there, but the self-reporting, 
of the concussion symptoms is really good. And I would anticipate the Colts are going to take it careful with Anthony Richardson. This is his second documented concussion. He had one back at Florida. Now, if Anthony Richardson doesn't go, that's good news in the touchdown department for Zach Moss. Zach Moss played all but one snap for the Indianapolis Colts last week after the disaster that was Deion Jackson's week one. Um, And he got every single touch that a Colt running back received in that game. He is an extremely viable running back too, even if, well, especially if Gardner Minshew plays because there's no threat of Anthony Richardson running the ball in for a touchdown if Gardner Minshew plays. So that is what I am looking for on the Indianapolis Colts sideline. Minshew though, hey look, he, he obviously we know is one of the top backup quarterbacks in the NFL and he can get the ball to Michael Pittman who has really been dominating targets thus far for the Colts. What about the Ravens offensively? It felt like the passing game looked a little bit better there, Joe. Well, there's uh, obviously a big uh, reason for that. Mark Andrews was back, and Lamar, I thought, played. The numbers weren't huge for Lamar Jackson, but I thought he played exceptionally well. He was in control in that game. 24-33 for 237 and two touchdowns. It wasn't a huge fantasy day. I think he's only run in like three touchdowns over his last 20 regular season starts, which is a problem. For Lamar, but he still puts it up on the on the ground with 54 yards rushing. What we saw for Baltimore, number one, Zay Flowers is going to continue to be a thing. Odell Beckham's banged up, so we have to watch that. And in the backfield, if you picked up either Gus just Gus uh, <laughs> Gus Johnson, if you picked up Gus Edwards or Justice <laughs> Hill, you had a decent showing from both. Gus Edwards got the goal line work; he got the touchdown. Justice Hill had 11 carries himself, but he also got three targets. Gus Gus Edwards is a zero in the passing game. Both of those running backs, if you picked them up in the wake of the J.K. Dobbins injury, more of the RB3 flex type of guy. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Wow, we're three for three in terms of notable injuries that we need to discuss to start these games, Joe. Yeah, obviously Nick Chubb. going down I I mean Ross it was just I'm looking forward to a Monday night football where I don't have to sit there and just like lament a disastrous injury I know it's part of football but like Nick Chubb obviously did not deserve that like just an ugly ugly injury um by the time you're listening to this your waivers have likely run um I'm in a couple leagues Ross where Jerome Ford went for 100 out of 100 fab dollars I mean, that's the kind of guy you blow your fab on. He looked really good. I know on the the 69-yard run, um, uh, Levi Wallace didn't contain the backside, and and if he did, then that run doesn't bust off. But Jerome Ford also did work in the passing game, scoring a touchdown. Um, Look, this is the guy who they cut. They decided they weren't bringing back Kareem Hunt initially because they had Jerome Ford on the team. Now, by the time we're recording this, they haven't signed Hunt or another back, but they might. Um, We'll see if Pierre Strong works in after they traded for him, but it's just a disaster for the Browns because the elephant in the room now is we are what? We're eight starts into Deshaun Watson's Browns career, and I don't think he's looked good once. I think that's a big problem, Ross, considering they gave him the GDP of a small country. Now he's got to step up. 
I mean, he's missing throws all over the field. Elijah Moore's running open. Amari Cooper's got to make phenomenal catches. And Ross, it's, I don't know what else to say. I know the quarterback play around the league. Some guys haven't looked as good as we're used to seeing. Um, and it's early. But Watson hasn't looked good in three years now. That's a problem for the Cleveland Browns without Nick Chubb. Well, that's pretty obvious. What about for the Tennessee Titans? So um, DeAndre Hopkins uh, only played 60% of the snaps as he was dealing with uh, that ankle injury. He managed to make it through the game. But I almost wonder if that was a blessing in disguise because you saw in week one, they were just peppering him with low dot targets and Ryan Tannehill did not look comfortable. He comes out, he mixes it around here. He's throwing the ball to Traylon Burks and he's throwing the ball to Conquo and their passing offense looked really good. Last week against the Chargers. Derrick Henry continues to do Derrick Henry things. The thing that I want to watch going forward for the Titans. By the way, uh, Peter Skaronsky, the left guard, the rookie left guard, is banged up. Which is a concern in this matchup because the Browns' defensive line is very good. Um, One thing to watch going forward. If he's available on your waiver wire, Ty J. Spears, the rookie running back out of uh, of Tulane. He has a role in this offense. He out-snapped Derrick Henry in week one. He had ten touches in week two. Not only is he a super high-end handcuff, but he might have, like, bye weeks are coming up, and they're coming up quick. He might have standalone, oh, God, I got to plug somebody in to get me seven to eight points in my flex spot. He has that kind of value right now. He should be rostered in way more leagues than he is. You know what should be rostered in way more refrigerators than it is? (laughs) Labatt Blue. It's so delicious. Love Labatt Blue Light. Love drinking it every weekend. Had a couple last night, in fact, at dinner. Thai food, delicious. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Joe, let's talk about the Falcons at the Lions. We know what the Falcons are, Joe. We know what they are and what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to run the living hell out of the football. Uh, B. John Robinson's really good. Tyler Algier, like, I think B. John Robinson is, uh, he's a locked-in RB1, okay? Tyler Algier might get some of the goal line work. But Algier, it's very clear, is going to be more of a week-to-week proposition. Now, he had 16 carries, uh, against the Packers. He just didn't go very far with them, averaging three yards per pop. Um, if you start Algier, you're probably hoping for a touchdown, and he might get one uh, because of how often they run the ball. But Bijan Robinson is locked in as an RB1. He's second in the NFL in rushing. Um, he's catching the ball every week. His receiving yardage prop was like 15 and a half last week. He went way over that. He had 48 receiving yards. Um, I wouldn't expect his prop to be that low going forward. The one thing I will say about the Falcons, and you know I've come on here and I've I've ranted and raved about Artie Smith, and he did grease the Drake London squeaky wheel. I believe London was targeted on their first play from scrimmage, and he ended up catching six passes and having a touchdown against the Packers. Kyle Pitts, just two for 15 this past week. 
I wonder, I just wonder if the, the, the squeaky wheel gets greased against the Lions this week with, with Kyle Pitts. What about the Lions with the Montgomery injury? Another game where we got talking injury. Yeah, so a little bit of a, of a disconnect here. The Montgomery told reporters, ooh, the fibers is going to be a couple of weeks. Dan Campbell says day to day. Normally it's flipped, right? Normally the player's the one who's like, ah, I'm fine. And the coach is like, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. This time it's the player who's like, ah, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And Campbell's like, ah, he's fine. Um, look, obviously we're going to play um, Jameer Gibbs in this spot. Um, he didn't have a great game. Last week, but he had a lot of opportunities. He had seven carries and he had nine targets. I think Dan Campbell blamed him for the Jared Goff pick six um, for not running a crisp enough route. They're not benching Jameer Gibbs. They spent the 12th overall pick on the guy. He is obviously somebody who's in fantasy lineups this week. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown's dealing with a little bit of a toe injury. Uh, He was playing through it, but just something to monitor going forward. Um, if we're looking at this and if David Montgomery doesn't play, it sure looked like they still intend to put on putting Jameer Gibbs into some sort of running back rotation. They brought Craig Reynolds into the game to handle three carries. They will probably activate Craig Reynolds and Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight. Uh, you might remember he had uh, some moments down the stretch for the Jets last year. He probably could be activated as well, but I do anticipate this could, could be the breakout game for Jameer Gibbs in the wake of what happened to David Montgomery last week. If you're looking to go to that game in Detroit, or really any game, I highly recommend the Game Time app. I talked about this on the Ross Tucker podcast today, but I literally just had someone ask me, uh, multiple people, if I could hook them up with tickets or if I knew anybody, and I said, not really. I recommend the Game Time app because they guarantee you'll always get the best price, which is huge. You get images of your seat before you actually buy it, which is awesome. The tickets are sent directly to your phone, which is nice. So just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Probably get two of these emails a day from you guys sending it to me when you take advantage of the code. Create an account, redeem code FEAST for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, we've got the Saints marching into Green Bay to take on the Packers. I see what you did there, Ross. Um, yep. So, the, the the one thing to watch for the Saints, first and foremost, we're kind of at the point where well, you certainly play Chris Olave every week. I think you can play Rashid Shahid and Michael Thomas as wide receiver threes every week. This is a very um, condensed passing chart. I mean, Olave, 11 targets. Thomas, 9 targets. Shahid, 4 targets. No other Saint gets more than three uh, in that game against the Panthers on Monday night, which is what we really like to see. Number one, if you're playing DFS, um, Taysom Hill might be a thing this week. I mean, because Jamal Williams is injured, Alvin Kamara's in the final week of his suspension. But I gave you a little waiver wire tip on Tajay Spears. Go see if rookie running back Kendrick Miller is available on your waiver wire. He's missed the first couple of weeks with an injury, but... Jamal Williams is now hurt. 
Tony Jones doesn't really do anything for me. Kamara's coming back, but he wasn't great as a runner last year, and they probably want to have some sort of rotation. Kendrick Miller was a third-round pick. So the Saints had some designs on using this guy. Go see if he's out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a role going forward with Jamal Williams injured and Alvin Kamara just coming back from his suspension. Packers are throwing the ball to a bunch of young receivers, Joe, like super young. Well, they don't have anybody who's old. I mean, I don't think they have a single receiver on their team who's uh, who's beyond his second year in the NFL. And while there are some growing pains right now, the reps that Dontavion Wicks and, J- and Jaden Reed and obviously Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgrave are getting are going to be critical. But the big question for the Packers here is, are their two best offensive players, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, going to play this week? I think Jordan Love's played pretty well, considering. I know people are out there saying, oh my god, he's their next Hall of Fame. I mean, people are just saying that, but he has played pretty well. But it's very evident that the young um, wide receiver group, there's there's some disconnect here between Love and that group. But man, you get Aaron Jones back there. A.J. Dillon's just a plotter. Like, if A.J. If Dillon's playing in an inside game, you better hope they have the air conditioner turned down to like 40 degrees or else he's not going to do anything. Uh, he's a cold weather back. It is not cold weather right now. Um, they need Aaron Jones back and they need Christian Watson back. But I'm encouraged by what I've seen from this um, from this offense. And Jaden Reed should be rostered in way more leagues than he is. Let's get to the Texans at the Jaguars. Joe, two interesting teams here from a fantasy perspective. Well, I've really got to throw some props out to C.J. Stroud. He is the only rookie quarterback in NFL history to attempt 80 or more passes in his first two games and not throw an interception. And consider that he's doing that, Ross, behind a decimated offensive line. Three of their five starters are on IR, and then last week, Laramie Tunsil doesn't play with an injury, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. And you can see that that offensive line is struggling because Stroud is eating a bunch of sacks. The Colts sacked him six times. He got sacked five times in the opener. They're not opening any holes whatsoever for Damian Pierce, and yet Stroud's out there making throws. I have been incredibly impressed by Stroud, and I thought, dating back to his time at Ohio State, he was a a quarterback who needed good protection. I thought he was kind of a Jared Goff type. Well, the early returns are this kid has a lot of poise, and he's getting the ball to Nico Collins, who... Our guy Brett Whitefield gave his Brett Whitefield's game ball to this week for how well he's playing. He is an every week wide receiver three right now. And Tank Dell, who was the preseason and training camp superstar, he gets elevated uh, into a full-time role with Noah Brown on IR. He gets 10 targets. The Texans are going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And C.J. Stroud's playing pretty freaking well. So those receivers... I'm talking Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods have way more value than I thought they were going to have at the beginning of the season. If feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door. What about the Jaguars, Joe? Um, Trevor Lawrence was missing a lot of throws out there against the Chiefs. Now, of course, he had like five. uh, (laughs) I'm exaggerating, but it might also be true. He had like five throws that went to the end zone where a receiver couldn't get the second foot down, whether the receiver's fault or it was Trevor Lawrence's fault. Lawrence made a bad throw that helped 
Calvin Ridley collide with the goalpost. Um, it was good to see Christian Kirk back out in a full-time role. Doug Peterson went into that game and said, oh, he's our man-beater. Um, he's the guy who's going to beat man coverage for us. He comes out and has a huge game. Meanwhile, Zay Jones gets goose-egged on six targets. I think Christian Kirk might be a guy we overreacted to a little bit in week one. Both he and Calvin Ridley are going to be fine going forward for the Jaguars. Very interested to note, Ross, that following a disastrous week one, Tank Bigsby didn't get a touch in week two, so he might be in a little bit of the doghouse right now. Let's talk Broncos and Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, did it a different way. Raheem Mostert, the Broncos, they're Marvin Mims throwing bombs. The, Dol- the Broncos are like stalled out in the second half of both games. So there's still a little bit of the 2022 Russell Wilson stink on this Broncos team. I don't think he's really been the problem so far. I mean, there's definitely been some plays where I'm like, what are you doing? Um, and his stats were certainly inflated by that Hail Mary at the end of the game uh, that, that was caught and then they didn't get the two-point conversion. But I actually think he's been all right. The problem here for the Broncos is Sean Payton's doing Sean Payton things. Brandon Johnson's out there and Lil Jordan Humphrey's got to get going and all this and Jerry Judy's on a pitch count. Meanwhile, Marvin Mims runs five routes and catches two passes for 113 yards and a touchdown. Think maybe we can get him the ball a little bit more, maybe run him out there a little bit more. Just saying, you need a receiver here. I'm not a Cortland Sutton guy. You know I'm not a Cortland Sutton guy. Judy's on a pitch count. Come on, man. Get Marvin Mims involved a little bit more. In the backfield, you know, Jaleel McLaughlin's getting the ball, and the fullback Burton's getting the ball. I wonder if they're going to run it a little bit more with Javante Williams this week. Uh, Williams, 45% of the snaps in each of the first two games. Miami got crushed on the ground by the Chargers in week one. Did a pretty good job against the the Patriots run game in Ramondre Stevenson. I wonder if... um, if Denver tries to settle some things down offensively, because the big thing here, and maybe the most surprising thing, Ross, is how much they're struggling defensively. We will be talking about the Miami Dolphins from an offensive perspective, as well as the rest of the Week 3 NFL action on Part 2 of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. A lot more to come. Make sure you hear Part 2 or watch it as well. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.